Hey y'all, it's Barb. It's Shay. We're here to talk about a murder that's gonna knock you off your feet. So giddy up y'all, this is gonna be a wild one. Hey y'all, welcome back to Texas Chicks with your host Barb and Shay. Our vote poll is out as of September 1st, so please go on Facebook and vote, vote, vote for who you'd like me to cover. This month's options are Eileen Warnos, aka a woman who murdered six men, John Wayne Gacy, which is the killer clown, or Rodney Alcala, which aka is the dating game killer. I have the honors of covering one of these cases for you guys, and I am super excited. Other than that, how's it going, Shay? It's going good. Can't complain. You know, just sitting here drinking my tea, waiting to hear about today's case. Because yeah. Barb and I never know who we're covering. Like, we just, we share the, the file and we see the name, but we just, neither of us look into each other's cases because we're learning as we go. It's super fun. Yes, yes. Love it. Um, with that being said, quick thing, we do have shirts out for sale, so you guys can go on there and email us or go on any of our platform social media and let us know if you'd like to order anything. So, let's go ahead and get started. I got most of my information from Fox News and Murderpedia. With that being said, let's get started. Today we will be talking about a case that happened in Fort Worth, Texas. If you're not familiar with that area, just think about Dallas. It's pretty much Dallas. And this case is where a man took two lives in his hands because an ex-lover owed him money. This story is covering James Martinez, the convicted killer, and the two victims, Sandra Walton and Michael Humphreys. At the time of the murders, Sandra was 29 years old and Michael was 20. There isn't too much online that gives a description of our two victims in this case other than their age and they were a white race and it really sucks not having much information about them like it really does suck but yeah we were just talking about that we were just texting about how it sucks whenever there's not that much information about the victims yes it really does because i mean there wasn't even really that many pictures online i i i really have to just respect that and respect that it's probably the family's wishes and also the investigation. I mean, I'm, I mean, it's solved now, so I'm really thinking it's the family's wishes. So you just have to respect that and yeah. cover the case with what you can, with what you're provided with. Exactly. From research, it says in places that these two actually met, um, like at a local pool hall. So I th- I'm thinking that's where our two victims have met. James Martinez was born in June 1974. He attended school and obtained his GED. He was a five foot six Hispanic who weighed roughly 144 pounds at the time of his arrest. And he was currently working as a welder and laborer. Records show that James had previously been arrested for possession of prohibited weapons and he served 180 days in jail. You'll see that this comes to haunt him in the near future and that his previous inc- incarceration really didn't t- 
teach him anything, if you will. Not only that, but trouble seemed to somewhat run in his family. James' mother, Marta, I think her name is, was given 10 years probation in 1984 for the fatal shooting of her ex-husband and his fiance. It she was, was only given probation? Yes, but the reason why was because the claim was that she killed them in self-defense because they were beating her or going to beat her. Mm. So, not too sure about that one, but that's what it says, um, who his mother was and with the trouble in his family. He had previously been in a relationship with Sandra, and before they split ties, James apparently let her borrow $1,000. When they ended things between each other, you would expect that James really wanted his money back. In fact, he demanded that she return his money in full quickly. Sandra gave James a note saying that she would return the money to him, but it didn't matter because according to Sandra's friends, she was complaining to them that James was still severely harassing her. So much so that Sandra decided to file multiple police reports on James, but it didn't really matter because nothing really happened because she was always unable to never basically do any kind of restraining order on him. All of the harassing and traumatizing her would soon escalate into something that changed several lives forever. We're going to go ahead and move on to kind of what happened. So one early morning on September 21st, 2000, so this month it will mark the 21st, 21st anniversary. Wow. Sandra and Michael decided to make a fast food run to what I believe to be a nearby Wendy's. They loaded up their vehicle and went out to get their food. And I think this was some time in the middle of the night. As they returned, they were parked outside of a condominium, I believe, where Sandra stayed. And this is when James Martinez rolled up and fired several rounds of ammunition into the vehicle and then fled off. According to several witness, uh, witnesses' reports, they state that they saw a man dressed in all black carrying some type of rifle and fired the gun multiple times. When he was done, he just ran away. When police arrived at the scene, they found Sandra shot to death in the driver's seat and Michael laying face down on the ground about 10 to 12 feet away from the vehicle. I'm not too sure what happened here, but I can assume that Michael probably tried to flee the vehicle once it started getting shot at, but unfortunately his life ended while trying to run. I also did not find anywhere James actually knew there were two people in the vehicle, and he wasn't just going to kill only Sandra, but I'm not sure because... He must have been, like, stalking her in the wee hours of the night. If she left to do a late-night run in the middle of the night for fast food, he must have been there, like, waiting and watching her apartment. But I'll kind of talk about this later on. So, this case is also called a revenge murder on the websites I search. That could be for revenge on the $1,000 money that she borrowed. 
or maybe like her potentially finding a new lover or like both of them. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't really see like anywhere if it said they were actually dating. I only could see places where it said they were just friends, but you know how it is whenever you break up and your ex is now hanging out with like a new person of the opposite sex and they're like nine years younger than you. So you could become jealous, you know? Yeah. But like, but like, don't kill people if you're jealous. <laughs> no, and like, don't kill people over money. Like, a thousand dollars, really, bro? Like, really? Yeah. I, I don't get it. <laughs> but during the autopsy, it was confirmed that Sandra had been shot about ten times and Michael received roughly eight bullet wounds. At the scene, the police were able to find 27 empty cases and it was shown to have come from a, a caliber rifle. That means he sucks at shooting. I, girl, mm -mm. <laughs> I have no idea. But that's a lot. Like, just think about sleeping in the middle of the night and you just hear all these shots being fired. Yeah, because together they were only both hit eight, like together 18 times and he shot 27 times. Yeah. I do think that um, Michael was trying to run away and maybe that, like, missed some bullets. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure. But on a, on a rifle, he had to reload, like, multiple times to be able to shoot that much. So he was there for a minute. It wasn't like a, a quick shooting. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's, that's so sad. That. So... After James fled the murder scene, he called one of his friends and met up with him. James told his friend to keep a hold of this black canvas bag for him. I'm not too sure if the friend knew exactly what was in the bag or not because it didn't say, but it didn't matter because he took it, he hid it, and then told the police exactly where the bag was located when they decided to trace his phone calls which led them to this particular friend. So, the police retrieved the new piece of evidence, which gave them a huge link to the murder weapon, because it was literally inside of it, which also linked them to the killer. Inside this black bag, they found the gun, black clothing, and a pipe bomb, which, if you don't know what that is, it's a homemade bomb, which is being held by a pipe. I mean, it's really in the name, but... <laughs> So, lucky for the police, the DNA found on the black clothing matched James' DNA. Now that the police have the murder weapon and their killer, it was time for his day in court. The state of Texas presented multiple pieces of evidence, such as the records of stalking, harassing, and threatening Sandra on multiple accounts on the $1,000 that she owed him several times the investigators also showed that on the night of the murders james had pounded on her door yelling that her time was almost up i'm assuming the police were able to obtain a search warrant as well because james had been renting out a storage unit and inside it they found the letter the letter sandra had written to him that pertained the details of the money loan and repayment do you want to know what else the police found in the storage unit? Um, a bunch of teddy bears. 
Uh, I mean, we they probably wish you would. <laughs> so inside this storage unit that he was renting out, they found several pieces of bomb-making components, over 3,000 rounds of ammunition, two pistols, several illegal knives, an illegal modified Mossberg shotgun, an illegal modified .22 rifle, an HK-91 assault rifle, and an AK-47 assault rifle, and that's just to name the least. I'm not even naming it all. But what was he trying to do? Like, girl, he was getting ready for the apocalypse. No, honestly, I'm saying, like, dude, what the heck? I that don't teddy bears. Yeah, no, and also uh, under all of this, they also discovered. I guess this will kind of tell you what he was trying to do. They discovered some books. These books were. Quote, how to be your own undertaker, how to get rid of a dead body. Another book was called Death Touch, an armed killing techniques. Another book was called 21 Techniques of Silent Killing. And the fourth one was A Dragon's Touch, Weakness of the Human Anatomy, which were all signed by James, completed reading by James Martinez. So, just by that, the police, you can kind of assume what he was doing with all of these weapons and things. And as the panel lays every piece of evidence out on the table for the courtroom to decide what should happen, the prosecutors wanted to seek the death penalty for premeditated first-degree murder, but... There were several hearing and court dates within this case, and we'll go over them quite quickly. And I'm only going to mention the most important dates, but you can find all the dates online in the mentioned websites from earlier. So on December 20th, 2000, so just roughly three months later after the homicides, James was indicted by the grand jury for the capital murders of Sandra and Michael. January 30th, 2002, so two years later after that, he was found guilty with capital murder in both accounts. February 1st, 2002, James was sentenced to death. November 5th, 2003, and whenever I say sentenced to death, that doesn't mean he died that. He was given that sentence. Yeah, because you so, you're like 25 years or so. You have to like serve a certain sentence time now before they can kill you <laughs> yes so on november 5th 2003 the texas court of criminal appeals affirmed james conviction and sentence after this james filed multiple petitions for the court to review his sentence but was ultimately denied which also reached the supreme court but they too denied his motion and then on August 19, 2008, the court issued a date for James' execution, which was to be set on March 10, 2009. So, just about a year and a half later from this specific court date. This would have resulted in his execution just about only eight years later after he murdered the two victims, Sandra and Michael. So, all of this and it all happened really quickly now that i'm thinking about it it did that that is pretty quick but i think 
which is crazy because mine was execution as well. Yeah. And his was like only a couple of years as well. And I think he was executed in 2008. In 2008. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do want to mention really quick, though, that just four and a half hours before James was set to to be executed, he sent the Supreme Court another letter of appeal to halt and delay the execution so they could review the case one more time and maybe change his sentence, but it was denied again. The notion was that he had, this is, this is what he said, that he basically had a new witness to come forth and be available to possibly testify that could state that James was at home the day of the murders. Boy, be quiet. No, you weren't. <laughs> but you was home in the morning, but then you went, you left and killed them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just is so silly. Um, because, I mean, your DNA was all over everything. So it's like, why? Like, it's your DNA, man. Why would you have all those weapons? For what? Yeah. It's your DNA, dude. Like, <laughs> it makes sense. But the new quote information about this possible witness the jury did not believe and they could not believe any type of alibi because all of this had came up in previous hearings and they basically just like tossed it out the window because they were able to prove that he was wrong by dna and literally all this other evidence so it was just about time for james's execution so he had the choice of last supper and it's so funny that you covered The Last <laughs> Supper on your episode this week. What is happening? I don't know. We do this all the time. It's <laughs> so let's talk about his Last Supper. James's last meal consisted of three chili cheese hot dogs. Disgusting. Fried okra with ketchup on the side. French fries with ketchup and a Coke. Not even uh, a third. So like basically he ate ketchup. <laughs> like what okay i guess he went to sonic for his last supper meal i guess so that nasty Mm -hmm. okay so according to a piece written by gentleman a gentleman named michael which not our michael but a writer michael he published in the houston chronicle which can be found on Murderpedia and I think the Houston Chronicle website, was that at James's execution, his mother and sister attended, as in uh. James' mom and sis. And they watched from a nearby window. The personnel asked James if he had any final words, and they consisted of, quote, I hope y'all can move on after this. I'll be fine. I'm fine. He told them both that he loved them and it ended it with a take care, okay? He then told the warden that that's all he had to say. His mother was filled with so much grief and she began like began sobbing and was telling him like you, you can't go, please don't go, like you're my son, like don't do this. I mean, there's nothing he can do, but some people helped with them because his mom was in such distraught that she had to be wheeled out of wheelchairs before James was even pronounced dead. Um, and this happened about nine minutes or so after the lethal injection. 
The families of the victims were somewhat present. I don't know about Sandra's family because it didn't go into detail. It did say that um, James's family didn't even acknowledge the victim, Michael's father, as he sat on the other side to watch James be put to death. And I just want to kind of put this out here, like quick fact. Michael's father, so the victim's father, which his name is Brad, was in Huntsville for the second time to watch someone be put to death for murdering someone in his family. What? Actually, yes. Actually, in 2001, he watched the convicted killer who murdered his father be put to death. And That's crazy. Isn't it? Like, it's quite sad that, like, this has happened to him. Many people never even have to experience this one time. Like, many people go through life never even having to watch somebody die from the destinance. Whereas he had to watch it twice. That's so sad. And I know. And, like, the people of it all would was his somebody who murdered his father and somebody who murdered his son. Like, I feel for this man and all of the other families like affected by such a pointless crime as far as the family of the victims is going i'm not too sure because there really hasn't been any update for many 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 years because i mean it was all the way in 2008 many people were pleased with the death sentence and denied notions for the supreme court so you could say justice justice really did prevail and do its job for this case but that basically wraps up the episode what do you think shay that was that's crazy like because i know in 1985 like a thousand dollars is like twenty five hundred dollars today but like that's such like i know we've seen less than this but still like that's so crazy that people are this like crazy about money and would be willing to literally do anything for it that's crazy but I this think is so too this is great great episode yeah this i think interesting. It, thank you um i think that it wasn't all about the money i think there was some like maybe jealousy going on between the relationship but i also think that that james had something going on deeper like mm-hmm. being with all what was found in the storage and those books that he's he read thoroughly and signed that he's read them all like something was going on deeper within him it wasn't only about i don't think that thousand dollars yeah maybe if it wasn't her or and michael it would have been somebody else maybe so maybe so but i don't know i mean these cases like this really intrigue me just because like it goes to show you really don't know what's happening behind closed doors like who would have thought he had all that stuff rented out in a storage shed? Yeah. That's why it's so, like, we need to go try those storage wars things so we can find what's in people's storages. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've done that. I've gone to several. It's so much fun. I've never found oh. anything like this, but it's really fun. That's, um, yeah, we're going to go. Yes, we should. <laughs> but, yeah, everybody, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And don't forget to t- to tune in next time. And as always, we love you and remember to stay out of dark places and watch your back because you never know who's lurking. Bye. Bye.